0: It had been spring when I began my way across the country to return to the home of my ancestors. I made this journey knowing full well that government forces had for years forcibly occupied the village of Innsmouth and subjected its occupants to nothing short of martial law. Some will recall that I have already confessed to and apologized for my part in instigating the raid and subsequent occupation— There is no need for me to repeat an account of those events here unless it is to again offer my apologies for the grave misunderstanding of events that forced me to flee that village four years ago. Still, although I knew what conditions awaited me, had I known what events my return would set in motion... I may have thought otherwise about returning to that little fishing village on the coast of Massachusetts. Then again, my particular situation, some might say condition, gave me little choice in the matter. My uncle Walter had shot himself, and his son Lawrence had spent more than four years in an asylum. He had nearly died in that place, The other patients, already unstable, had been driven over the edge by Lawrence's degenerating condition and decided to do something about it after a careless orderly had left the door to his private room unlocked. I used the incident to remove Lawrence from the home on the pretext of placing him into a more responsible facility. His own family, ashamed of what he had become, never questioned my actions or even inquired on the location of the new hospital. They merely threw money at the problem, assured that I would take care of it. Combining their funds with mine, I planned for Lawrence and me to head east together by private car. That the purchase of that conveyance would nearly exhaust what was left of my funds mattered little. After we reached the coast, we wouldn't need money. Lawrence never gave me the chance. One day while I was out, he took most of the money and what supplies we had and left. He left me a note, apologizing. The voices in his head, the dreams, the urge to head to the coast, to Innsmouth, and then into the sea, down to the deep city of Jahanthle, where he would live forever. It was all too much. He couldn't resist, couldn't wait, couldn't wait for me. So he went, he went, and left me behind. My instinct was to follow him. Those voices, those dreams, they were calling me as well. I longed to go into the sea and dive down to that phosphorescent metropolis, where leprous corals and grotesque invertebrates clung to terraced palaces. "'My grandmother was there, as was the thing that was her grandmother, "'Pethiala who had lived in Yehanthle for 80,000 years. "'It was she who called to us, Lawrence and I, in our dreams, "'beckoned us to return to Innsmouth, and then beyond. "'Yet, as much as I wanted, I was now delayed by the trappings of the mundane world.' I had to replenish my funds and map my way out east. A car was now out of the question. I had to find alternative means of travel, ones that wouldn't place me at risk to public scrutiny. The trip cross-country took me longer than it should have. A man can ride the train, take buses, stay in hotels, and eat foods in restaurants. A thing such as I had become had no such options. I still rode the train, but not in the passenger car, but rather in with the baggage, sometimes with cattle. I still ate food prepared by restaurants, but more often than not I stole it from unlocked back doors or out of bins. I traveled light, only what I could carry on my back and in my pockets. A few changes of clothes were the bulk of what I carried. Everything else I left behind, with the life I no longer had any use for. The only thing that mattered was moving east, back to Massachusetts, back to Essex County, back to Innsmouth, where I hoped I would be welcomed back and conveyed into the sea and beyond.